0: We have to create the right vibe, you know, the energy and everybody at the organization has to feel so privileged to be here. This is no other way. still It's and that might do it for
1: Arsenal now! Thanks for listening to the Purely Arsenal Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Purely FP, for all the latest Arsenal podcasts.
0: To the sit down at the purely Arsenal podcast, we're back, and I've got an old fantastic guest that lots of you regulars will remember. It's Garrett Cruz. How are you doing, Garrett?
1: I'm good, Jack. It's good to be back, man. It's been way too long.
0: I knew I was going to bring you back for when all the glories come <laughs> Do you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. I was like, we've got to get Garrett back on. I get honestly, still now, get people, the original listeners, and obviously the original members like Neil and and, say, and they're always asking, you know, when are you getting out back
1: on. I know. Thanks for not calling me the last couple of years. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> I
0: was like, I'll pay you for it. I couldn't get yeah. anyone the last couple of years, but now, I mean, what? Th- I mean, it's early days in the season. We've got this weird hiatus going on, but um, we obviously, you know, we'll talk about the the effect of what the World Cup's going to have. Obviously, we've got six week break now, so there's there's enough time to talk and think about Arsenal. But hey, right, it's been 14 games in the Premier League. 12 wins we made it on on, uh, on the weekend with a 2-0 win over Wolves and uh, one draw and one defeat. It's the best ever start Arsenal have had to a Premier League season. There have Man. been better ones. I think City got to 40 points at this point. I think Liverpool in their ridiculous year, uh, they also were at 40. But um, I think the league's getting stronger and stronger every year, so it is pretty remarkable. I mean, wh- how do you feel, Garrett, being a fan for, for many years, sort of, you know... Um, Early two thousands up until now, I mean, how do you feel watching this team? Like, what's your feeling?
1: You know, I I was watching this game and the the games of the season, you know, this season, and I just don't. Other than like the prime Vanger years when we were just playing people off the pitch and there was like so fluid and the movement was so fantastic, there was I always felt like there was something missing from those teams. Even then, when we were scoring five goals a game and doing all this other great playing, great football but when i watch this team play i see a lot of that it's not so much fluidity but it's the structure that arteta likes and it's his system that i think with the types of players that we have we play such great football within that system but then we also have the defensive solidarity that i felt like we never had in certainly the past couple of seasons but you know maybe even in some of our best seasons uh, since we've won the title and, and some of our other trophies and you know it's so you look at our goal difference right now, and if you were just to compare it to this point last year, it's not. It, this is a completely different team, and, and I think we play. I think we play the best stuff in the league, you know. And, and it's not even close.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with all that. And the expected goals, I know if you what, you, I've kind of got into the XG, the expected goals in the last couple of years because it kind of, and we're 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 actually, I, I believe our expected goals, we are top, just just above C. So basically, our expected points tally is basically saying that we should be top of the league. But um, I think if you base it on the whole season, I know you've watched every game because I text you off the most. But <laughs> other than the Leeds game, other than the Leeds game, certainly the second half of Leeds, where it felt like we, we got away with one. I, f- I, f- I felt we should have won every game, you know, even including the the, the
1: United and the Southampton games. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? No, absolutely. I think I think Leeds was just, a, I'll call it a one-off. I mean, it's our one loss, right? It's a one-off of the season um and, well united and was the loss we actually got oh, away i'm sorry Yeah, no, you're right yeah we did yeah, get away yeah. with that leads one the, the united we played better football in that game than some of the games that we've that we've been yeah. able to win you know so it's it's one of those things where i i just feel like a, this as a whole we've been playing so fantastic and we've been playing uh i, I just think this is exactly what arteta has been trying to build ever since he started with us and, and it's so exciting to watch us play. And even in these games where we don't play so well, maybe we have a slow start, which typically we don't. We come out the blocks pretty hot, and and, and we really see if teams can cope with us. But when we have these games where we're a little slow, I always have the assurance that we're going to come through, right? Like just this last game against Wolves, nil-nil at halftime. I felt like we played some pretty good stuff in the first half, and I had no worries of us coming out of there with three points, not one
0: it's amazing to have that confidence after everything we've yeah. been through in the past years, even even under Arteta, the early years under Arteta, I mean, he, he had some tough stuff to deal with. I certainly um, was someone that, you know, 18 months ago, I can't lie about it, it was on the podcast, I, I was talking, I I didn't necessarily think he was the right guy, I was seeing poor performances, I felt we were having, you know, obviously the poor results were there too, we, we weren't progressing, but he, had, he did have a lot of cleaning up to do in the squad, and he had to do it in a way that you know, sometimes sacrifice the, the results and, and, you know, the stuff on the pitch at times, you know, the stuff that went with, you know, the or the Guendouzis, the Abamiangs, and and so on. Um, so it is amazing to start to see us come out the other side now and how quickly it's changed, even from last year, Gareth. because last year, there was definite improvement last year. I talked mm-hmm. about it all year, but obviously in the end, you felt like you you missed out on something that felt quite sure towards the end of the season in terms of getting back in the Champions League.
1: Yeah, um, no, Definitely. The, so the, prog-
0: the The progression since then has, has been has been amazing. I mean, did you see it? Did you see it coming? I guess is a good question. Did, did you see this happening? I mean, it's hard to see a season like this so far because it's been so remarkable. And but did you see the progression in terms of us sort of you know being considered as title challengers, for example?
1: Title challengers, maybe not. Um, some of my friends are giving me a lot of grief, but you know, when the season started, even prior to. Some of just the off-season acquisitions, uh, especially Gabriel Jesus, the return of William Saliba, I, I felt like their this team was special, but I didn't know how special. Like if you would ask me I, before the season started, I would have said top four, no question. You know, and then I looked at some of the other teams in the Premier League, and you know you see guys, Newcastle spending a lot of money, Chelsea spending a lot of money, but Liverpool got weaker. I don't think they. They truly looked at how important of a player Sadio Mane was to them. I think they overlooked they overlooked that, and and that's kind of ringing true. And they're getting older too, right? Yeah, um, they're aging a little bit. Manchester City is who they are. Uh, that's that's not going to change. Manchester United, I I don't know. One of those teams to me is they, I didn't see them as a threat to Arsenal, and and I always thought top three minimum second place possibility to be quite honest, and and the re- just the reason for it is because you know Arteta didn't seem like the guy. I totally agree. I was getting very frustrated with looking at his style of play last season, and and set some points when we had that dreadful start, and just kind of trying to recover from that. And you look at how we were playing, and it's just I think now we're seeing that the reason for those frustrations that we might have experienced with him was because of how much work he had to do with the squad and what he didn't have in the squad. And now we're seeing the squad that he wanted to build him and Edu and everyone else that's, you know, up above there, part of those discussions. And um, it's really working. <laughs> it's really working.
0: It is really working. And like you said just before we started the pod, it's, um, you know, it is frustrating. The momentum's with us, for sure. And I'll, especially after you watch the weekend and you, and you watch City's game. And I, I'm not up at that time unless I unless it's an Arsenal game. But somehow something woke me up at that time. <laughs> And I went well as, and I couldn't go back to sleep. And as I was up, I just put on the City game, and that was probably the first time in a while I've sat and watched ninety minutes of City. Usually, you just look at the result and go, "Oh yeah, they've won again." But um, I, w- I was really surprised with what I saw. I thought Brentford comfortably should have won the game, but they ended up just nicking it at the end. But they had a lot of issues. Obviously, that's not exactly how City play all the time. But mm-hmm. it was, you know, people sort of talk about City as this sort of invincible kind of kind of team, and and this team that's you know very little people even up to this point it considers us in the title race i think for me that was that for me that was the first time i kind of watched it and I went okay Maybe we're in. Maybe we're in a race here. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's a there's a chance here. You know, yeah. I mean, you probably thought it a little bit earlier than me, but I'm. No. I, I, I mean, I, it's I, been so long since I've been in, in that position. It's hard. It's yeah. hard, isn't it? It's hard to know. Yeah,
1: I I hear you. I get it. And everyone's very uh, hesitant to to even put the words out there, right? Arsenal in the title race, especially Arsenal fans, We don't even want to because we don't want to have the egg on our face when it comes back to haunt us and City course, yeah. overtake us. But I mean, just look at it. Look at it like this. Take if you were to look at the standings, and there was no name associated with anyone that's in the in the standings now, right? And you look at the way that teams have started the first fourteen games of a Premier League season. Arsenal at thirty-seven points. and just say it's not Arsenal. Say it's team number one, right? Team number one with thirty-seven points through fourteen games has done what every single time they've done. It. Yeah. I think nine. I think nine out of ten times they've. They finished top of the league, yeah. right? So, I, and 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 I think there's more to it than just the statistics and the history. Like we have to look at the squad. It's the youngest squad in the Premier League. So, manager hasn't accomplished truly anything, right? So, people I think are looking at that as the 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 barriers to the discussion of saying Arsenal in the Premier League or in the title race. But I mean, take it for what it is. I mean, they're there. Yeah, we got to, we're going to be top of Boxing Day, even if we lose. But so, you know, when we come back and we got five points clear.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's insane to be in that in that position. And like you said, it's, it's not just being there. Um, when you watch the fourteen games, um, we've been we've been the best team. Like you said, in terms of balance, I think we've got best defence record alongside Newcastle in the league. We're second top goal scorers in mm-hmm. the league. But um, the, the, the football, in terms of the balance we're playing, I mean, the one thing people constantly go back to in terms of us being in the title race, Gary, is the. Um, is the thinness of the squad, the the the, the, the youthfulness too, but the but the, the the thinness. And in this game, as we get into it a little bit, um, there was a stomach bug that was going to. We didn't yeah. know about it at the time, yeah. but I did think it was really odd that Xhaka went down after a minute. I was like, either oh, he's done his ACL or there's something going on we don't know about. Him. I know.
1: I was and, so worried too.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, he's obviously he's got his world probably his last World Cup coming up, and um, he went down at the point of him going down. Uh, who are you thinking he was going to bring on?
1: I thought it would be Lukanga. Person,
0: Yeah. What do you um, think it says for Laconga? Because I've been very, I, I'm very 50-50 on Congo. I'm not sure whether he'll make it at Arsenal or, or not. I don't know if I'm prejudging a little bit too fast on it. But.
1: I think, I think he's a player that's probably struggling for some confidence. I mean, he's pretty, been pretty outspoken on the whole issue of how frustrated he is, you know? And, and, uh, gosh, is he, is he going to the World Cup? He didn't get called up because, so, well, I mean, the last
0: friendly spoke out really strongly against Martin as the manager, yeah. which was an odd thing to do before World Cup. Yeah. Sorry, carry on,
1: carry on. But if you think about who he was as a player when we brought him in, right? He captained Anderlecht. He was super promising youngster. I, I personally really like the way he plays. Um, when you just watch him as a player, he's really smooth. I think he's got an excellent first touch kind of one of those guys that weighs a pass really well, which I always like to see, and you know, like always just kind of stays right on the floor. But I think when you look at where we were hoping he would be in the positions that we, I think he was picked up to play, kind of where parties at. He's not quite there, and and I think, um, he's kind of drifting into like the Taverez zone a little bit, which is unfortunate, I think, because you know if I was on this podcast last year, I'd probably be. Curse and up and down, but, cause, but I don't think he's the same. He has the same deficiencies as he does. I think he's a great footballer. I just think he's really struggling to find his way. Um, and, and I hope he can make it at Arsenal. I really do, but, but yeah. he, ultim- he ultimately didn't get to be part of this, of this fixture.
0: Yeah, and you, you it, it was great to see. I thought on the on the other hand, because the, the, immediately when I thought it, I thought you know what are the options, and I, I thought either La or Vieira were the obvious options. Um, mm-hmm. But with with Sambi, the, the, the worry there is El Neni's now the the backup option to party, and I, I don't think any of us think El Nenny is ever going to make it to party's level. But we know that he can help sustain a level that is, you know, a 7 out of 10, a sort of reliable mm-hmm. section for a part of a game that can give parties minutes, um, legs a little bit of minutes. But if he's not making it into the 8 position as well, Garrett,
1: yeah, then
0: no. that's where we're starting to think maybe he's just losing some trust from the manager at this point. Yeah. Um, I think that. Would I be was hoping
1: concern. it wouldn't be Olneny, to be honest, because, like, a Wolves bottom of the league, like, you know, I get that. But going away from home, I just don't want to see Nanny in there when we're trying – to to score some goals, you know, take yeah. take the game to an opponent. I just I don't want to see that, and and you know, I think Vieira was a good. Ultimately, it played it paid out to be a pretty good decision. Yeah, because he
0: obviously we'll talk a little bit on the first half where they caused us a little bit of problems in the first half. I would say we we took us we we obviously created some chances. Jesus had the one that was offside, which mm-hmm. I think he could have done a little bit better to stay onside. Of course, yeah. when he's offside, he puts it away beautifully. He's having a yeah. little bit of a rut. Jesus, but he's such a he's such a good player for us, so huge for us. When I was watching City, um, and I was watching Harland a lot against Brentford, I just thought, you know, because it's Harland, you're going to watch him. But if they if if they contain him, because he doesn't move too much around the box, um, City. I don't want to say they look one-dimensional, but they, they start to look more out of ideas than they used to, put it that way, because now they have this focal point. Whereas when they used to play Jesus or Aguero up there, for example, it was constant interchange. It was yeah, like you didn't okay. really know who was central, which is, which is what we do a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, Jesus finds himself at left-back sometimes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> We're just all over the place, aren't we? And um, we, in fairness to us, we look a lot more fluid than they do on a regular basis, I would say. In terms of creation. Now of course the caveat to that is um we don't want Jesus to go eleven games without goals without scoring. But I think as hard as it is to say, I think he's been a little bit
1: unlucky. Little I agree. Bit. I agree. And has it been that many games where he has I think score?
0: so. I think that's including Europa and other stuff, you know. So sure. league maybe a little bit less,
1: obviously. Yeah, I mean I just to touch on that really quickly, I mean Let's just say it's been 11 games that he hasn't scored, but it really doesn't feel like it, right? Because of the impact that he makes to this team overall. I mean, just we don't. uh, You look at just his contribution that at wolves, and and he's making tackles in our own defensive half, and he's making he's playing final balls that are that are killer. And and then I agree, maybe his his positioning was a little poor uh not being on on side on on that instance because he really tucked it away nicely that have been a good way to close out i'll call it this first half of the season this pre-world cup break but um yeah ultimately he didn't get it in there but i think his his contribution to the team is so telling uh not not all that maybe the end product's not there um but everything else he does he's so important to this team i'm just look at look at the contribution that he makes to this team as opposed to a, a center forward that we've had for the past five seasons I mean, yeah, huge. It, it's not even comparable. Not even yeah, it's massive.
0: It's it's massive. I agree with that. He's, he's been, I mean, obviously, Abamyang, who was so the opposite to him. I mean, uh, a guy that plays off the shoulder and, and really. I mean, you saw it against Chelsea, didn't you? Really, they're just. Yeah. You know, one guy's so involved. I think Jesus had sixty touches. Abamyang had eight, and that that yeah. is not just that game. It's just pretty much. You look over a, a span of ten games. That will be pretty similar, you know. Yeah, I and know. that's quite amazing. Well, Lacazette, Lacazette just physically wasn't really up to. Past, being, he
1: was past, past it, it, yeah. Yeah, he was past it. La- and we la- felt it, right? And we felt it last season, especially in the crunch time. And yeah. and and we're seeing it now. And although the goals aren't coming from Jesus, right now, because they, we've been scoring elsewhere, we've had goals come in elsewhere, which it's been a while since we've been able to say goals are coming from somewhere else other than our center forward. Um, you know, it. I just feel like he's so, such an important player that The goals will come. I I know they will. He's too talented to not score. He works too hard not to score. Yeah, Uh, I I think just once he gets into a bit more of a rhythm and you gotta shed, gotta shed this, gotta get the monkey off his back here.
0: Yeah, he'll nick one in. Like um, I think his last goal was the was the one that bailed off Lurie. So I want to say that was his last goal um, wow. against Tottenham, I think. I think that was his last goal. I might be wrong there, but I, th- I think that was the last goal. And then obviously he hit the bar as well, and it was a lovely little cut inside, and you, you probably just say, maybe he's just trying to be a bit too cute with that, and he probably just pass into the net. But, but it's still, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, a, it's unlucky. So, but like you said, he, he uh, 45 million, I think he was. I think that emphasises the, the slight differences between us and City as well. I mean, for example, City have Harland, who scored 14 league goals. But we have four players, maybe even five, that have scored over five goals. Mm-hmm. Um, in Odegaard, Jesus, Odegaard's now a top goal scorer, and and Saka and Martinelli, and I think Jack is almost at five. Yeah, he's or, up there, yeah. Yeah, so we're we're kind of dispersing our goals across the <laughs> across the across the pitch, and 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 that's the difference. I think we, we we can come at it from so many angles, which is really really good to see. And and in the end, I mean, there was a lot of back and forth in the first half. They had a couple of chances. I did want to ask you one thing in the first half. There was a call for a penalty. Do you think we got a little bit lucky on that one? Do you remember that one on Saliba,
1: where um, was, it was it? The one where the offside it predecessed it, right?
0: Yeah, but they didn't yeah. show the offside looked very close. I've when I initially watched it, I I I, I remember texting someone going, "Sleepers off here." Mm.
1: Uh, that's I what mean, I thought. Was gonna I think I think I, I I was worried initially, but then when they started to show it, I mean. Maybe, maybe it's because the scars they cut so deep, right? That we just think, "Oh yeah, he's off there. We're down ten ten men, and that's that's that." But I remember when they started showing the replays. I just remember so many instances where we've had goals or or things called off because of the, they're bringing every angle, they're showing every line, they're doing the dimensions of the shadows, and it's like, "Oh yeah, they, they, he's off." Or <laughs> the wolves player is offside. Yeah. Right. And,
0: get him with it, guy. Yeah, just exactly. let's
1: let's get on with it, you know. And and uh, I, I'm very glad that it worked out that way because sometimes yeah. it, sometimes it, it feels like the world's about to get us, but I guess not this yeah. time.
0: Yeah, exactly. We maybe maybe got away with one a little bit there. They they could have been a, a little bit of grief. So leave it up. It was a little you talk, clumsy,
1: wasn't it? You
0: know? it was a little. I feel a bit for him because I just watched it again. I'm watching the highlights now, and he there's not a load he can do because the he kind of has to check his run a little bit, and the player mm-hmm. cuts across him and. He kind of I I, I can understand what, how it's difficult to get out of the way at that point because Saliba's just kind of you know he, he's got he's full pelt and then he's basically had to pause because um, the ball's kind of checked on him. But I mean overall, I think this wasn't one of Saliba's best games. He had the the, the, the pass back yeah. that, that, that almost they scored from also as well. The hmm. great thing about our centre back partnership, um, Garrett, is when when um, Saliba has a slightly off game, which is pretty rare this season. I think he's been fantastic, but Gabriel. You know, has a fantastic game, and I thought Gabrielle was probably our best player on the pitch alongside Odegaard, maybe. Um, yeah. And and I think they're, they're a great partnership. I mean, for me, they're the best partnership I've seen since Campbell and and, and Torre back in like the Invincible era, two thousand three, two thousand four era. But yeah, like, we, they're, haven't, they're great... we haven't
1: had that. well the, the Murdasacker Kashani and their their peak. I mean, that that felt like a really complete pairing. Um, but I don't feel like they were ever as physically dominant as Gabrielle and and. Um, Oh my gosh! And, and Saliba, Saliba were, yeah. yeah Gabrielle and Saliba were, at, and and it's crazy to think too, because Kachelni and Martisakar at that time were really at like the end of their careers, all the experience you could ask for, established internationals, and Gabrielle and Mar- and uh, Saliba are like yep. twenty one and twenty four, yeah, maybe younger. Twenty one, twenty four, yeah, yeah. And it's it's amazing to see how dominant they are. You know, I've, I've heard the 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 word like imperial used for Saliba's performances. And maybe not today, maybe not Wolves, but um, as a season overall, I mean, it describes him perfectly.
0: Yeah. He's been transformative really, isn't he? And Mm -hmm. it's not just him. It's the moving of, of Ben White to, to right back which I, I'm not sure England international Ben White England international yeah. do you, do you think he'll play I get the feeling he won't well he might do if Kyle Walker's not fit I feel like he might be the one to, to fill in if Carl Walker is not fit well who's playing fit. right back for England oh, but Kyle then Walker again, it might Cowan? be trippier it might be trippier oh, that they yeah. play because he's on set pieces, so mm-hmm. maybe Ben White doesn't get a look in unless they consider him a centre back. But this manager seems to like playing Harry Maguire, so that's a bit <laughs> strange. But there yeah. it's very. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm obviously we we don't really care too much if our players play too much in the in the World Cup rather than play less than more. I think mm-hmm. it's the, the 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 Brazilians. I always look at and think it would be nice if they played because it's almost like a. Well, it's like, so a, important. It's, it's, it's huge to them, isn't yeah, it? I think it's the one country you know. It's that Club football is nowhere near it, you know. Yeah. Like, that's the one country where you see the videos, don't you, of them being announced mm-hmm. in the club co- and they're like in tears on that. Yeah, um, everything. it means absolutely well. everything. So, so that would be that would be really epic. I, I kind of root in for Brazil in this World Cup personally because we got some Arsenal players in that squad and hopefully they feature a little bit, but not,
1: not super. Yeah, other, other than that, though, I'd like for uh the rest of them to enjoy a nice warm stay in Qatar and then exit the group stages and get back to London. In that's one what piece. we want. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what we want. I'm looking heavily at Saka, Party, and Xhaka because I feel like they're going to play the most minutes. Yeah. But um, and I'm getting, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that Deschamps, you know, plays Kunde instead of Saliba or something like that. But, but we'll have to wait. It's it's, it's insane that the I didn't even realize, but the, the World Cup actually starts this Sunday, which is just mental. I can't believe it. But um, oh, I just man. don't know. And there's going to be an injury a day, and I just keep my fingers crossed. It's not an Arsenal, bad, some player. Arsenal yeah. Yeah, but it's like you said. You said you were confident going into the second half. I, I'm. I. I wouldn't say I was as confident as you. I was a little frustrated. Um, it was kind of a back and forth game. I. I knew, you know, um, it wasn't necessarily going to be easy. I don't think Wolves necessarily are a bottom of the table side. They definitely got some good players. Adama Traore always kind of worries me, and they've got some good technical <sighs> players guys. Built like a linebacker, isn't he? It's Man, insane, really. Him, I if he had end product, he would be incredible. But he literally always fluffs his end product. But he's, <laughs> I know. In between that, he's scary as hell, isn't he? So I know. It's just incredible. But um, but in the second half, I mean, it was a big moment for... I mean, Martinelli played a huge role in both goals because he grabs the ball and he and he shifts their defenders around because they're sitting so deep, Wolves. But um, I felt that the second goal was really all about you know, everyone seemed to surround Fabio Vieira. It was a big moment for him. Have you been pretty impressed by when he's come into the first team? Because there's been a lot of criticism of him when he's not been in the first team and he's been in the League Cup team and the Europa League team that he's not had no. as big of an effect as we hope when he's come in the first team, Garrett, like Brentford away when he when he played a big game and scored. And and, and this game, for example, even United away came on and, and made a pretty good impact despite the fact we lost that game. Um have you been quite encouraged by the first sort of five or six months of
1: Fabio Vieira? Yeah, Vera I th- he's a He's a tidy little footballer. You know, he's really technical. He hits the ball really well. Um, I always like a left-footed midfielder, you know. I just kind of feel like there's a smoothness to the way that they carry the ball in play. But, but you know, I mean, if you, the first goal, just before his contribution to that, I just remember cursing him because he, he kicked the ball out of play yeah. for no reason. And it's just a horribly misplaced pass. And, and then, you know, I think maybe two, three minutes later, uh, Gabriel Jesus plays an amazing ball back, you know, cuts it right through the defense. Fabio Vera takes a beautiful first touch and then clips it wonderfully over the keeper. And I I think Saka wanted to try and claim that goal, but Odegaard wasn't going to let him have it, was he? And, no, I like I mean, that it, from Odegaard. Yeah, he's a captain, you know, let him have it. And, and, yeah. and I love the assertion and <laughs> his willingness to get get in to make those runs, those late runs. And, you know, he's really attacking the goal and just it's great to see that man, because I think he's a player that is so technically gifted that sometimes when he gets into positions where you want to see him, I mean, he literally couldn't miss that. But he's had instances where you say, man, put your foot through it, right? Or or really yeah. just, you know, and, and, and it's just good to see that even though he's had some instances in the past where he might have might have done better, that he's still persisting with, with that, trying to pr- provide that end product, right? It's not coming yeah. from If it's not coming from Jesus, like it's great that we're able to get it from our attacking midfield and elsewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, but yeah, that is the one... You know, I mean, Odegaard's my... I mean, you, you could pick so many players out of this team because they, they are a really likeable bunch mm-hmm. and they're playing such, such fantastic football. But Odegaard, I mean, even, ever since we were linked to him on loan like two years ago, I, I'd, I'd remembered him since he was a 16-year-old. You heard about this sort of crazy wonder kid and mm-hmm. I was like, sign him, sign him now. I remember seeing clips of him, you know, in... In Norway, and this like technical wizard, I was like, yeah, "That's an Arsenal player. That's definitely someone that would fit into our our way of playing." But, and but you're right; he lacks conviction sometimes in front of goal. And and I remember from his early days with Arsenal, he, he, a couple of times he took a shot, and you were like, "Wait, well, he's got a really he's got a really good shot on him if he actually unleashes it." But sometimes he just he'd try to play that extra pass or take that mm-hmm. against Chelsea, for example. Away he was through, just took that extra touch inside. If he hit it first time, I think yeah. he passed Mendy quite comfortably. But um, the second goal was really a good sign for that. I felt um, mm-hmm. Garrett because oh, I yeah. don't think that's a very easy finish at all. And um, makes think, it look again, easy, but it's yeah, not at all. Yeah, exactly. Martinelli again is just endeavouring nonstop work rate is unbelievable. it's incredible to think that Martinelli barely made the Brazil squad. And when that I happened, know. I was like, they've got to win the World Cup. Sure. Yeah. Sure, they have to win the World Cup. But this guy's barely making the squad, they've just got to win the World Cup. So I'm expecting yeah. them to win it. But um what do you think is I think Zinchenko played a good role there as well. So there's been real a lot of debate about our left back position this season from fans. Mm. Maybe not not from Arteta. He clearly thinks Zinchenko's our number one left back. But what have your thoughts been? Because I'm sure assuming you're a pretty big fan of Tini and obviously we've mm-hmm. used Tommy Asu to quite a good effect there. Um, it's an interesting yeah. position
1: for us, isn't it? I, I understand why Arteta likes Nchenko, especially because of the system that he wants, and and how that left back really tucks into the midfield and kind of provides that support for Thomas Party and allows Jaka to advance, which is crazy. The the whole. Idea of Jakub in a, like a box to box. I mean, that's what Wenger said when he signed him, right? He was a box. And we all laughed at it. Yeah, and you see how he's played for us for the past number of seasons. And I mean, it's re- it's really been a coming of age for him. Th- the way that I think Zinchenko has allowed him the freedom to play as such. I and mean, even though he didn't play this last game, but overall, but you see the control that he brings, the technical skill and ability that Zinchenko brings. He's a great footballer, but I. It's it's a really tough one because I do like Kieran Tierney a lot. I think he's an excellent leader. He's got the pedigree of his entire career being the first choice left back, and and I think he's a better footballer than maybe than people give him credit for. He's not a two footed hybrid midfielder like maybe like Zinchenko is, who I think grew up playing as a number ten and just shifted back as a left back. But but I you know there are games I think where Kieran Tierney is going to have his time. And I think there's games where teams like Wolves are going to sit deep against us and we're going to have to break them down. And, you know, I guess it, our first goal came from a, a, trick, a nice tricky little move on the left. But there's not going to – a game where teams are sitting deep like this and, and overlapping runs and trying to, you know, cut a cut a ball back or something like that that Kieran Tierney does so well, it's it's not what's going to be the difference. And I think Zinchenko today was part of being the difference.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's a really interesting player, and he just seems to fit that. I mean, it was clearly something in the transfer window he was looking for, because obviously we looked at Lozano Martinez for a long mm. time, and then we quickly moved to Zinchenko, but we were linked to Zinchenko the whole the whole summer, really. And obviously he worked at Man City with, with Zinchenko. So when mm. when, he, when we were buying him and people were going, maybe we we're buying him for midfield, I was like, I don't know. If he's worked with Zinchenko as a left-back for three or four years, we're probably buying him as a left back and it turns out that's what he is but it's such a different role like you said it's, it's, a, it's a sort of hybrid you know left back left central midfielder kind of role it's very interesting the way he plays it obviously he has his defensive issues and that will come on to that I mean I thought, like I said I thought it was absolutely brilliant Finish, God. I did. I thought it made it look way easier than it is. And now he's a top goal scorer with six in the Premier League, which is a really good thing for him. I think because um, last oh, I watch him a lot, and um, I feel like sometimes he's only got two assists, which I think is a bit of a travesty with the amount of chances he actually creates. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought I think he created like three big chances against Southampton away just just in that game. So I, I feel like you know it's good to see if he's not getting all the assists, he's he's, get, he's chipping in a lot with the, with the, with the goal on the goal front. And I think he's a
1: he's a fantastic footballer. Yeah, the goalkeeper didn't have a chance with that, did he? I mean, he took a touch, just settled it right in the back of the net. I mean, it was. In fact, really.
0: Yeah. yeah, lovely from that. And then we can relax a little bit more, which is something we've been able to do multiple times this season. But before this season, I don't remember relaxing until the 93rd minute, to be honest, in any game. <laughs> I, I just remember seeing Rob Holding everywhere and I was like, oh, oh. god, my heart's beating so fast. <laughs> but, um, no. And so it's it's been really nice, you know, to be able to sort of watch a game for the last 10 minutes and relax into it. But something we didn't relax was... Um, was Ramsdale, who, who, who was really focused on getting that, keeping that clean sheet. Um, You know, we've had a couple recently, but before that, we've been struggling for clean sheets, despite the fact we've got the best defensive record in the league. But got really annoyed with Zinchenko, didn't he? Which I quite like to see, actually. Yeah, Zinchenko. no, it's good.
1: I think. Did you watch the All or Nothing series? We never really it, talked about it. No, we didn't. Yeah. What did you think of it? I thought it was great. I mean, I love seeing the. You know, I, I felt like it was a little. Uh, Like they're, they're obviously aware that the cameras are there, but I think the instances in the, in the halftime pre-match and post-match were what interested me the most. Just because you see really a lot more raw motion. Um, you can't really, uh, censor what you want or can't say, uh, because the cameras are there because you have to win a match or you have to react or do something right then and there. I remember an instance where I can't remember the, the match it was last season, but we, we might've been up three or two or three nil. And we let a goal in really late. It, it was nothing but a consolation for the other team. And Aaron Ramsdale was so upset that he didn't get a clean sheet. And I remember being a little annoyed about it. Like, come on, mate. Like we just. Yeah. Three it was points. Brentford at home. Yeah. One, that's, right. At home. that's right. That's yeah. right. It was, it was. Yeah. I it's remember like, the you know, exact it's game. okay, day, yeah. mate. Like we just three points on the bag, keep it moving. Top four is looking good. Like, you know, like I, I but I understand now looking at it like that, that is his character, right? Like he, he, he pushes himself to, for excellence always. And, and you know, he's a previously relegated goalkeeper. If I remember correctly, right. Twice, and, I think. Yeah. And and he's had yeah. to battle his way up through the system. And now he's, uh, uh, an England international call up for the world cup. And you just see how much pride he takes in, in his game. And, uh, I think he told Zinchenko to stop taking the fucking piss or something like that. <laughs> and, he did, yeah. And he really, he really got into him. and, and uh, but you know what? I think that's good because maybe, uh, you know, you look at, at this instance as, uh, just a, a brief little moment in time of, of what it takes to be the best. And it's not pick and choose when you can play. It's, Ninety minutes, no stop, and then see, and, and and that's the expectation. And and I think Arteta's yeah, exactly. done a really good job in instilling that in this team.
0: Yeah, I agree. I like it. I love I love the fact that he's setting that standard because it's all about setting the standards. I think you've yeah, seen that exactly. in, the, in the first team when these sort of fringe players, not well, fringe players are a bit harsh, but when they've come into the first team, they've almost felt like we saw it with Reese Nelson a couple of weeks ago. They've almost felt this responsibility. So hold on a minute. This is serious now. There's a yeah. standard set here. Yeah. I don't want to let anyone down. Yeah, I think we What's saw like, it from Reese. I
1: think we saw it from Fabio Vieira. It's, it's, not, the, it's, it's the it's the expression of the rising tide lifting all boats, right? Yeah. And and you look at at the the standard, I guess, would be the tide that's rising that Arteta brings, and and all the boats is, are the squad players, right? And and when you bring, because hey, you're right, you know, we you, you mentioned back earlier, Fabio Vieira, oh, he gets. Under a little bit of criticism when he's not in the first team, but when he is in the first team, I think the expectation is is that this is the first team. This is Arsenal. We're top of the Premier League. Like no fucking around. We're getting straight at it. Yeah. And 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 I think when you see like Reese Nelson's performance when he came in and had had to do a job, that was his opportunity to be part of the to be part of the rising tide, and, and he and he seized it and went right after it. Yeah. I think yeah. if that if that continues, we're Twenty four more matches. <laughs>
0: I know.
1: It's a long
0: a nice, way to go. Still, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's like At this point, it's 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 beyond what we could have thought. But now, now, now we're there. Obviously, you want to take full advantage. And it was a it was a great win. I tell you, you, could tell he was he was ecstatic with the win, and he said the players had had watched the city game on the bus down and. I love were, that. Which yeah, I love that too. I was like, that's Don't let's not act like we didn't. We, we're watching it. Of yeah. we're watching it, and that, that shows a little bit about the belief in the squad, I think, as well. You know, in, yeah. in the fact, they're watching something like that so
1: intently. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas what, you what do, do you think, Jack? I want to ask you a question. So you you have match weeks where City win and then overtake us, right? Yeah, we it. have, and then we have to go out and perform and take our spot back. And then you have match weeks where city lose to Brentford, shocking. And the pressure is there for us to go out and extend our lead. But I mean, when you look at the two scenarios, to me, it's one of these situations where it's like, wow, look at the, look at the, the medal in this team. I mean, they're right there And, and, and they're ready to go and grab it. No matter the circumstances, right. They're down and they have to win in order to go first. And or they they look at the table and say this is an opportunity to to push on and man they just grab it by the neck don't they yeah I mean, wh- what do you think. Do you-
0: I agree. I know. I think you know. We, we've been playing after them almost every week because obviously we play playing the Europa League and we're playing Sunday. They sometimes play Saturday or they play early on Sunday, whatever it is. So that, that that's a lot of pressure. Now, is it the same pressure that we'll get if we're still there come April, May? No, but um, but it's it's really encouraging to see. You know, we're going away to Chelsea and we know that you know we we don't win and we're not top anymore. And yep. we, we we go and and dominate that game, which in my opinion was one of our best games of the season. Mm-hmm. But we just just because we dominate literally the whole game, but um, yeah. so it's, it is really encouraging to see. Obviously, we, we've never this group has never been in a title race before, you know. Um, so there is still no. a lot of questions to answer, yeah. but no, they, there they, are they players in there. You, that yeah, exactly,
1: been. exactly. You know, you've got you've got Jesus and Zinchenko and, and, and Arteta for that matter. That yeah. although he wasn't the head boss in charge, or, or, or I mean, Gabriel Jesus was a very important player for Manchester City in his time there. Zinchenko maybe not so much, but you look at at their involvement in that squad. I mean, Ben there done that, right? They've yes. seen what it takes just by being part of the process. And I, I think, yeah, the, the squad is young. The squad hasn't done it for an entire season uh, to be considered very serious contenders or, uh, a, a title winning team. But there's, there's so much talent in this squad that I don't think that should be discounted. And, and you know what I, I think is a benefiting factor to this team into this season is that no matter what we do, because of Manchester City, we are always going to be the underdog. Always. Right? No, we will always have a manager who hasn't accomplished anything. We will always have a squad that's too young. We'll always have a squad that hasn't done it for 38 matches. But at the same time, we have a squad that the expectation is not there because of who Manchester City are. And I think this team, I think this club relishes that position because the pressure is not there. The pressure is on Manchester City a 100%, Right. Hugely, yeah. If, if, hugely. If they, if they, I meant the pressure is on Chelsea, the pressure is on Tottenham, the pressure is on Manchester United and Liverpool. Arsenal didn't even finish in the top four last year or, or really quite frankly, at all lately. You know, there, we've been nothing but an afterthought, much to our frustration as fans and supporters. And, and now this, this whole club is hungry to impress. And, you know, we, there's a saying in America that when there's when there's an underdog in a sport and they're hungry, hungry dogs run faster because they want to get fed and they want to win and they want to achieve. And I think this team is is a perfect example of that expression. I mean, these dogs are all hungry and they're running and they're working and they're ready. I think that I think they're ready to achieve and, and, and really make some big, big yeah. impressions on this league.
0: I agree. And that's what that, what's incredible is, that, uh, like you said, the youngest squad in the league. So in theory, a lot of these players, their best years are ahead of them, which is remarkable when you're seeing what they're doing at this point. It's It kind of, it does make you think. I mean, if we tackle, I mean, uh, it was a great win. If we tackle a little bit about the sort of next six weeks and how we manage that, we've got 10 players going to the World Cup. If I'm looking at it from sort of a bird's eye view and looking at all the top six or seven, um, you know, we, we certainly don't have as many players Playing in theory as like a Man City, they've got 16 players going to the World Cup. Um, but 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 we're I wouldn't say we're benefiting as much as like a Liverpool, we only have seven players going to the World Cup, and some of those aren't starting other than Alisson and Van Dyke, maybe one or two others, but a lot of those aren't starting. So, and Liverpool will get their you know injuries back and, and fitness, but obviously, we've created a gap there. Um, which is which is probably, you know, hopefully going to be really, really vital for us. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, uh, you know, we can come through the World Cup relatively unscathed. We talked before the podcast about, you know, let's, let's just hope our players, you know, play very little and get out of the groups. Um, <laughs> I, I said if it's Brazil, maybe I'll make an exception because it's Brazil and we know what it means. But, um, but yeah, that, I think that's our hope. And I'll, I'll be watching the World Cup mainly from a selfish point of view, watching Arsenal players and hoping that they come for every game unscathed. Um, mm-hmm. And um, we, we we will see where we go with that. But we've got a few things to happen in, in the next few weeks. We've got a few friendlies lined up. Hopefully, by the time we come back on Boxing Day, I don't think a lot of people have talked about it, but our second-top goal squad last season in Emerald Smith-Rowe should be back fit. Uh, how big do you think he – if he does come back fit and he stops having these little groin and hip niggles because he's obsessed surgery now, how big do you think he could be? Because we've not really been able to rotate Martinelli or Saka at all, have
1: we, really? Yeah, I mean look at look at what he did last season for us. He was so important. So I mean I think he even he earned himself an international call up as a result of his performances and had he been fit he would have been such, he would have been an integral part of this squad within, up to this season and I don't think he could have been ignored for the World Cup just based off of the performances he had been able to put in prior to. He's going to be huge. I mean like a new signing they would say, you know, when he comes back at I don't even know if he's played a full... Has he put even in 90 minutes? He's played 48 minutes this season. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing that we've been able to get this far without a player who took on the responsibility as being the number 10 at Arsenal, who we gave that responsibility to because we believed so much in his ability. So promising. I mean, when he comes back, it's going to be huge for this team. and And, and I still think... Yeah, he'll be able to, to to rotate kind of Martinelli and Saka and maybe even Odegaard. And and I think he'd be a great – I think he has what it takes to, to kind of play alongside in deeper parts of the midfielder. He's so technically gifted. Maybe not at some, another point in his career, but, you know, in, in the right situations we might be able to really fit him into this team in a lot of different areas. But I still think this squad's light um, even when he returns. Uh, You know, we're just praising Reese Nelson a moment ago. But, you know, I was really nervous when Saka went down and and we had to call on a guy like Reese Nelson to come in and play such an important part for us. And I think that's reflective of how light this squad is um, and and, and work that needs to be done during the six weeks of World Cup from Arteta and Edu's perspective.
0: I think my biggest, I think, would you agree with me that, because I've been very critical of Arteta, setup in on on the pitch um certainly in his early years but i was never really very critical of him off the pitch in terms of who he tried to sign and who he removed in fact almost all of those i i backed like even when he was doing you know there was a lot of controversy about the Erzul stuff and i was like no nope, he's doing it I, I agree with that it's like the Aubameyang I was like i agree i see exactly why he's doing it and predominantly his signings obviously we spoke a little bit about you know no Tavares and the Congo but generally speaking when he spent big money he spent it really well like mm-hmm. everyone from gabriel all the way to zinchenka he spent it really logically so my feeling on january is i have absolutely no worries about who they want because the evidence is there mm-hmm. but i have worries about maybe who they'll be allowed to purchase who are they going to get who are they going to get backing for it, mm-hmm. if you had to predict would you who would you say what, what do you expect they'll, that they will get because i'm sure if our tech could have it he'd spend to, on two or three, but well, what do you think we'll actually get
1: back for I, I think I think we'll get back for two players. Two, um, you think two do you? Yeah, yeah. I do I, I think so, honestly because and I'm, I'm looking at it from the perspective of like kind of what what this squad needs, but also I, I I say that with a little hesitancy just because I know like the past kind of sometimes tells the future and but if you look at the situation that we're in right now. You know, I mean, just I'm going to quickly look at the table. I mean, it's always fun to look at it. Yeah, right? let's have a look. I mean, we're Sometimes I points, just sit and stare. At we're five points clear of City, right? Uh, uh, gosh, eight points clear of uh, Spurs and fourth. 11 points clear of United. 15 points clear of Liverpool. I mean, the list goes on, right? So, and you look at this at where we're at it. I mean, you'd be crazy not to capitalize on on this momentum. Right. I mean, if the player is there, if Arteta and Edu have someone that's that's circled on their list as the guy that's going to take this team to the next level in January. I mean, if I'm the Cronkies, if I'm if I'm Josh, and I'm as invested as I say I am. I mean, I'm. You know how much, right? Yeah. Because how important is it for this team to not only get back in the Champions League but to reestablish themselves domestically as a as a as a true powerhouse? And I mean, that's, I think he'd be, he'd be jumping over dollars to save pennies if he didn't sign the right players. Yeah. You know, that we needed to, to really push on for a title challenge. So, I mean, I think we go for a number eight because I think LeConf kind of proved himself to be a guy that this season isn't going to be reliable. Um, and I think we need cover for Saka on the right. Yeah. yeah like, really good. Yeah. Um, so if we can if we can identify two targets in those positions, which I'm sure they've got already figured out, yeah, just based off of what you said, like the history, and how strategic they are, and when they want to spend money, how how effective it's been. I I think they got to go for it. Yeah, I agree. And then there's obviously
0: on top of that, you never know. With World Cup, like most World Cups, always create a splurge of signings anyway. Right. Now we've got one in the winter break. So in theory, based on that, January is going to be a bit more manic just anyway, based off that. Yeah.
1: And the well, summer was kind of a weird, this kind of post-COVID transfer market has been yeah, different. You know, it's been off pricing. the Clubs in Europe haven't had quite the amount of money to spend. The market's been a little stagnant. Like, I don't know. I'm really hoping that the World Cup puts a bit of a fire under people's seats to... To really get after it in January, especially, especially at Arsenal.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, Usain too is is making me optimistic. In my head, I, I, I think um, in the summer we tried to get a centre midfielder in the last. Uh, the yeah, it was hour. Uh, d- d- um, Douglas Louise. Right? Douglas Louise, yeah, who signed and a also. new contract now, but but in theory, I think we put in a twenty five million bid. So in theory, that money, that's money's there. Um, yeah. so. It's whether, you know, the secondary money is. I had this theory that maybe we, if we got two in, we'd have to maybe remove one. And maybe we'd look at, I think Marquinhos will go out on loan, but maybe a Laconga may get pushed out on loan to get mm-hmm. another one in. And, and I would be for that. Like you said, I don't necessarily think he'll see well, more minutes in the second half of the season than he did in the first. So Yeah,
1: I mean, I think we just quickly, we look at the bench that played at Wolves, right? Trying to see. So we look at the bench. It was Turner, Tierney, holding Cedric, Almeni, Vieira, Marquinhos, Nelson, and Inkeria. Feels light, doesn't it? it? Yeah, I mean, uh, even was Lacombe even?
0: No, it, What's quite interesting. I was going to mention he wasn't even is He wasn't in the squad, and there was absolutely no mention from anybody. Yeah, why he wasn't? I squad.
1: didn't even pick up on that to be quite honest. Um, yeah,
0: and some people said, well, maybe yeah, he was one of the ones with a stomach issue. The stomach Uh, issue wasn't realised until they were on the bus. So, there's not really dropped him off or something.
1: Yeah, I don't know if they travel with you know 20 in the event that something happens like that. But um, interesting, interesting. But but you know, what? I, I, I understand what you're saying with with him going out on loan. Maybe one has to go out for him to come in. But I see. I I think this squad, this first team, is so light that we have to just add to it. I don't know if we can afford.
0: I mean, he only really life. has, if you count everybody, he only really has about fourteen total players that he trusts to be part of this first eleven. You <laughs> could, you could argue Tommy Asu in, he'd be one. Tierney in, he'd be another, and then the other player you may say is like a, a Smith Rome. I wouldn't even say the air is at that point yet. He came yeah. in and did well in the last game. So it's so light in that sense. Um that like you said, I think it would be it would be really, you know, um concerning if we didn't go for one minimum. Mm-hmm. But it would be, it would be, you know, like you said, the two and, and, and the and the the two we're talking about were, were two we talked about in the summer a lot. I think a lot of Arsenal fans mentioned the coverage for Saka and 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 the, and the possible. There was lots of talk about Tillemans and Douglas Louise, and, mm-hmm. and the, so that those positions were constantly talked about. So, like you said, I think because you just don't know how teams are gonna. in six months time you know this is a huge opportunity isn't it like Chelsea mess at the moment Liverpool like you said you know a lot of injuries and struggling so I think it's a huge opportunity like you do and um, hopefully hopefully we uh, we we, we turn up with it it'll be very very interesting will you be watching the World Cup?
1: Oh definitely I will I mean I I I have a lot of nostalgia associated with the world cup and i always get excited for it whenever it comes around i wish it was in the summer I, i I, i'm kind of frustrated with it being in the winter time i think i'm mostly frustrated with it being the winter time because of it putting a halt on arsenal's momentum um but it should it should be exciting and you know from my perspective america looks like a promising young team and and i'm hoping that they can Make some waves. At least get out of the group stage, and at least get out of the group, in the round of sixteen. Just because I feel like we always come up against Ghana or someone like that in the round of sixteen, and they they kick us out. But the, those teams have been so frustrating to watch. The old United States teams. Yeah, but I only, I only watch them because of my passport, pretty much. But now I'm actually I'm actually kind of excited to see what this team can do. So we'll
0: see. You've got some good young players. Yeah, I mean, since Tyler Adams at least he looks like a good player. Yeah, Um, Leeds have got a few few uh, young Americans. They do,
1: yeah. They have a a couple, and I think Sargent plays for Leeds, does he? And uh, yeah, Matt Turner, right? He should be starting. Turner, is he going to
0: be number? Is he going to be number
1: one? I think he will be. I I don't know for sure, but he. uh, There's been a lot of talk about him being part of the of the rotation, so that should be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, just as long as the Arsenal players come for it unscathed. Yeah, one yeah. party, Saka, Saka, Saliba back as soon as possible. So it seems like if we t- put hedge our bets, the likes of Saliba and Jesus and Martinelli may be the ones to go the furthest yeah. if we're to hedge our bets. In I mean, we're Arsenal. talking
1: a lot about we're talking a lot about Arsenal buying players in the in the January window, but after a, a World Cup frenzy. But I mean, what do you think about? Saliba probably starting every game for France and then coming back and having yeah. a price tag of the most expensive defender in the world on his over his head.
0: Without the contract signed at this mm-hmm. point. Um, yeah, it's it's worrying, but I always look at it from a perspective of, uh, I'm like, well, he could, I, I expect the likes of Real Madrid and Barcelona to be in Saliba at any point in time, because I just think he's that good. But I also look at it and think, well, hopefully, hopefully the bridges have been mended as well as they can be, and he... He probably should see that he's starting for us more than he would start for any of those clubs, and he's just sure. twenty-one. Mm-hmm. He's just twenty-one. If he was twenty-four, twenty-five, I'd, I'd maybe be looking at it. But at twenty-one, I'm, I'm really hopeful. And another thing, Arteta has is a pretty good track record of getting people to sign contracts when he really wants them to. Yeah, um, I mean, Saka just signed. Was it last week? I don't. It's not been confirmed yet. Is
1: Saka's? Did he? I thought he, I thought the did Arthur a whole thing. I
0: think up? someone announced it, but it was the old announcement of his previous contract, and someone tried to throw it up. Don't tell me that. Yeah, uh, I, so I it. I could have swore that. Uh... But the actual initial, I don't think anyone obviously you've got his Martinelli's the only one that officially signed um, was Gabriel. He signed his new contract. But, um, yeah, that's right. Martinelli's his and sleep, but like you said, before, you know, just even without the January window, those three contracts are. They're vital, aren't they? The sleeper, mm. and hopefully they don't limit us too much because I presume they're all in for a pretty hefty pay white pay rise, aren't they? Like, um, but oh, yeah. but we we trimmed our wage bill to such a ridiculous degree. Hopefully we shouldn't really be too worried well about it. You would think, no, yeah, no, no. yeah. But no, I agree with you. I think um, sleeper, Saka, Martinelli, those are those are the other things in January you hope to do. But again, you don't know. Yeah, like if they have a storm in World Cup, it's like I'm in two minds. Do I want them to have? Or do I not? But Martinelli's going to sign. He's basically said he's going to sign. Yeah, I think Saka's going to sign. It's, it's he's going to he say, where's, where's
1: the pen? And then yeah, where's comes the, the pen? Like, yeah, give me the yeah. pen and I'll we'll sign it. That was great. But then yeah. the
0: sleeper one, because of everything that's gone on, and he's quite – he doesn't give a lot away, does he, in his, uh, mm-hmm. his post-match stuff.
1: So he's, stoic, isn't he? <laughs> but,
0: yeah, he's yeah. just um, – he's incredible, really. But I, I just – I hope um he, he wants to be here as much as he, he looks like he does in every game. I mean I
1: mean he seems he seems really bought in, doesn't he? I mean you see the way he celebrates with the the players and the fans and you know, yeah, he seems massively. like a player that's invested,
0: so Massively, massively. Well let's hope. Hopefully maybe um we can we can chat again when we're getting a little closer and we're still we're still up there fighting for it because it's incredible. But we have we gotta enjoy it. We've got Thanksgiving and Christmas. Top early. Nothing can affect that, for a, at least. And then hopefully, ah. if we come back on boxing, when's the World Cup final? Is it December 21st, 22nd or something like that? Um uh, well, Because my worry is if this is like a Brazil-France final.
1: Yeah, let's see. I want to check right now. I have the World Cup website up here. And the matches. Yeah. The, the first match is on Sunday.
0: I yeah. Yep. Ecuador. Yeah. Um, something and like that.
1: I'm trying to say as well. This is I a think... pretty, this is a pretty brutal website. Well, oh, this one this says this
0: one says December eighteenth.
1: Okay, I think. And then our and then Arsenal play eight back. days later.
0: Yeah, or something like that against uh, West Ham. I think.
1: Yeah, it is West Ham on the twenty sixth.
0: So there's a chance that if it goes the way you think, and lots of World Cups do, but not all of them. You know, the likes of Jesus, Martinelli, maybe Sleeper, yeah. maybe even Saka. You know, aren't featuring in that game coming back and I'm suddenly getting nervous again so um, I know. <laughs> because it's before the window it's not like you can sign someone and bring them in so you've got to hope that the likes of could be a really big winter for for Smith Rowe and, and, and Vieira
1: who when is get, he maybe, slated to be back
0: I I think when he first had surgery they said December so in theory you know hopefully if he's back in the first few weeks of December there's a chance of him of being being match fit for, yeah. for, for that later season.
1: Was it a growing pain, really? Yeah, it, it was
0: oh. it was a groin injury that he's had repeatedly, I think that they, they did surgery on or something. Interesting. So I don't know exactly what the surgery entailed. But even today you saw um Nkunku from France. He went down and he's out of the World Cup. Um and he didn't look good, isn't he injury? So you're just mm-hmm. seeing stuff because these guys are just playing yeah, travelling day after I think we travelled on uh, less than twenty four hours after the game to meet up with the World Cup teams, it's just it's just insane.
1: Awesome, so
0: man. it's gonna it's gonna cost teams. Um, we just got we're gonna need a little bit of luck, definitely with the squad. We're gonna need a little bit of luck, aren't we? And you got to mm-hmm. keep your fingers crossed that we're gonna get it, and um, we're, we're due a little bit. So keep our fingers crossed. But um, but Garrett, it's been great having you back on. We are on at purely Arsenal FP on. Twitter, and we're on YouTube. If you just just typing purely Arsenal, you can subscribe for free. No adverts. We don't do any of that um, on, on there, but we're also on Spotify. And on oh,
1: I just found you on Spotify. Like I didn't know you guys were on Spotify, so I just found on you. On there, too. I don't, I,
0: I don't listen on Spotify, but people tell me we're on Spotify. So, and I think we're on one or two. We're on the, the good apps and some of the crappy ones as well. So <laughs> we're on a few of those as well. So wherever you need to find us, we're, we're, we're hanging around. And we will try. I'm not going to do the... You know, I hear people doing that podcast every other day over the World Cup. But I'll definitely do one or two leading into the West Ham game and uh, talking about um, the transfer window because I get the feeling if we do do something in the transfer window, it may may get announced before the transfer window actually opens. I think we might be in that bracket because what have we got to do over the next few weeks? We've got to be calling. I want us calling uh, Shakhtar Donetsk and and huh. and, and playing teams like this, you know, and, and yeah. just saying, hey, let's do the deal right now, so it doesn't. Doesn't you know? That's uh, he talking. looks
1: like a nice player, doesn't
0: he? He does. Did you see his interview with Zinchenko's wife? Did you see it? I did. I'm, I'm sitting there wondering if that's you know uh, character wise is that, but he didn't talk out to. He talks very openly about basically saying he's leaving in January. Yeah. Um, which is I mean, incredible. he was
1: pushing very hard for for a move in the summer, wasn't he? I mean, yes. Pra- practically begging to be sold. Transfer. He, yeah. yeah, the
0: the only thing that hesitate on that one, Garrett, is um he's a left winger that is right footed, and in theory, we wanted the opposite. If you trust the Rafina stuff, yeah. So it's whether I guess it's whether he just believes that it doesn't matter if he's left footed or right footed. Well, did you
1: notice the comment he said? He said, "Would you? I can't remember the two teams. Was it? Uh, would Would you rather go to Real Madrid and be a squad player or start at Arsenal?" And he said, "I'd rather start at Arsenal." And I looked at it and I was like, Well, would he start at Arsenal? He <laughs> wouldn't know. start at Arsenal. Yeah,
0: that's kind of what I'm saying. But then, then yeah. I then someone said it um on, on social media, they said, you know, if he thinks he's gonna come in and start Arsenal then he can forget about it. And I went, but who's starting for us right now? We've won twelve games out of fourteen, we're top of the league. Unless you're signing Messi, I mean we're you know, in terms of the players in our bracket that we could sign, they're all gonna have to they're all gonna have to find their feet and work their way into the team. Like the Martinelli and Saka two are two of the won't change them for anyone at this point. Um so I just think, you know, if he's got the right attitude, I mean he'll get a, a lot of minutes to, to just just in terms of rotation with them, in terms of the amount of games we play. And um I mean that player particularly he wouldn't be he wouldn't be um Bracketed out of Europe either because he played in the Champions League, not the Europa League, so he could actually play in those Europa League games. There's some factors there, but it sounds like the fee would be pretty hefty. We're gonna have to call Josh pretty early and get the payment <laughs> plan sorted. <out. laughs> yeah,
1: so, yeah, right. Yeah, uh, what, what was it a a, a, a friendly, a, a well term friendly loan or something? That whether they always yeah. say it was.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We've also been linked to an MLS player called Facundo Torres. I don't know anything about him. He plays for Orlando I I, City.
1: Yeah, Orlando, right? I saw that. I, I don't yes, know much about him. I need, him at I all, need
0: someone that, that's watching a lot of the MLS. To, to, but that looks like a signing that price wise would, would be a lot more realistic, I presume. But he would be coming in truly as a rotation option. I just get the feeling now, Garrett, that if we're signing someone, we're signing someone that. Can compete for We've got to be signing players that can compete for first in place yeah. now, or in in six months' time, or whatever it is. Like, you know, whether it's the party position starting next year or whatever, because we know we can't play twice a week. It's got to be now. It's got to be now, though. If you sign yeah. in January, like you said, what's the point in signing in January? Is to make an effect in the next five months, right. right? That's that's why you sign in January. So in theory, we're we're trying to get people in January that are gonna you know, help us challenge for a title, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I look at the at the table. I know we were closing, but I just can't stop talking about how great we are. I keep looking at the table, you know. And I look at the table and I just I look at the teams across England and if I was a player that was positioning myself for a transfer and I wanted to go to the Premier League, I don't know any other club that I would rather be at than Arsenal. Not at this
0: point in time. No,
1: I agree. You know, I mean, at this again. You look at this point in time, even just you, you you take it back to maybe the halfway point of last season, and 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 you project forward to now. I mean, Arsenal is a is a great place that, to be at, yeah, for for so many different reasons. Not not less, to, you know, to be mentioned. Where it's located, the facilities, the management team, the the culture, the the fans. I mean, it's. Amazing. I don't think it's a hard sell for Edu to go in and identify somebody that's going to make this team better and tell them, we want you at Arsenal. I think they would rip your arm off. Yeah, I agree. At at this moment.
0: And it's amazing how quickly you can change. Look at, uh, I mean, Chelsea were a Champions League winning club 18 months ago. Mm -hmm. And now they're basically just begging for anyone from Brighton to come in. And I mean, they've they've got everyone from Brighton. They're their recruitment coach, their manager, they're, they're. their their goalkeeping coach, their players, they, they they literally have gone and signed half of Brian, and um and they're, and they're a mess on on the pitch. They're a mess. There's no structure. There's no, and having that connection between Edu and Altera and the board that takes a long time to develop at clubs. Look at even Liverpool. They they lost mm-hmm. Michael Edwards, who was their recruitment guy, and now they're losing their ownership, and it's going to change. And that transition, whether it leads to something good for Liverpool at this moment in time, it's all up in the air.
1: Yeah, you know? I mean you look at United too, and the mess that they've created. Trying to bring yeah. back a publicity stunt in Cristiano Ronaldo. Now look what he's doing to them. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, incredible. Unbelievable. Yeah, incredible yeah. That stuff. And so they, we yeah, wouldn't yeah, even like, talk about Spurs. I so don't even need to mention that.
0: Exactly. But again, yeah, yeah, no, we don't need to mention them. And they're 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 one team you look at in the table and you kind of can't believe that they're where they are because they just play such terrible football. But Conte is the master of, of. He's like the modern day Mourinho, isn't he, Conte? So. Um, but again, he's not signed a contract, and there's that stuff up in the air for them, and and all of that kind of stuff. I I do think Spurs and Liverpool will be looking at this break quite happily with with the players they have out. But but again, it you know it, 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 there's um there's opportunity ahead of us. I think there's opportunity ahead of us. We can get everyone fear if we have Smith Rowe back. If we can be active in the transfer window, there's there's no there's you know we, we've got to be positive about it.
1: I meant to ask you, I never did, but I mean thoughts on Newcastle.
0: Well, I think they've been quite shrewd with their. I mean, I find it quite surprising how people are kind of shocked that they're they're getting to. They've spent the most net in the last twelve months out any club, including Chelsea. Um, but they've spent about just over two hundred million without any significant sale. But I do think it's been quite <clears throat> clever um, the way the, the, the way they purchase players, like who they purchase, for example. It seems like they've they, they've got a bit of a strategy about it. And Eddie Howe seems like a a pretty good coach and, and and they seem to be recruiting quite wisely with Isaac and Bruno Cameras and, and and players like this and Trippier looks like he's still got a little bit about him and, and I watched them against Chelsea and they're, they're not super exciting but they are very, very well structured. They don't concede a lot of chances. They've, they, mm-hmm. they've got really, they've got not a similar thing to us at the back but they've got big guys at the back that know how to defend um, and I think, I think they might be, you know, I don't necessarily think they'll, Definitely get top four, but I, I think they'll be in and around the fourth position. Um, yeah, to be honest, and hopefully, if we maintain where we are, that could really irritate the likes of Spurs, Liverpool, and Chelsea, which would be fantastic. No,
1: so, would be fantastic because
0: <laughs> Newcastle haven't been around long enough for me to hate them yet. So yeah, yeah, I, I know. I, I, I'll be I'll be okay with it for a year or two, and then I'll I'll despise them like the rest of them. So yeah. I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on
1: them? It's slightly annoying, I guess. You know, just because they're a team that have come from nothing to something so quickly. And it's just a result of a cash influx and, and, you know, it's just kind of one of these situations where I look at it and I say like, are we dealing with another nation state type of club again, that, and and you just look at the position we're in now and we're kind of, we're dealing with the established version of that, of Man City and there, and, and I'm, I'm worried not at all that this is what would happen in the Premier League, but like you look at uh, La Liga. And you've got you've got Barcelona and Real Madrid who are essentially funded by a country and a and an and a province themselves yeah. and an entire the Bank of Spain. And then you've got the rest that have to deal with it. And I'm hoping that our league doesn't turn into that just yeah. because somebody saw an opportunistic investment in Newcastle in It would just be a shame but you know it's right now it's exciting and it's fun because they're above spurs and we have a game in hand on them and we're seven points clear they are and they're in third place and i just worry that you know five years from now you know that's that's just kind of like my my thought on it and it just feels kind of dirty to me i I don't know
0: yeah i don't like it at all i mean it feels very very early early chelsea 2000 right i know you
1: know i agree and i
0: mean the only thing i'm slightly thankful for is that um you know because there's nothing they can do about it now is that i think in 2024 five teams from the premier league will be able to make in the champions league i think mm. um i think that's i think that's been agreed because it is just getting ridiculous at this point you know you've got like seven or eight teams that effectively you know, would would probably compete for the title in all other European mm-hmm. leagues, but then that you know, it's it's getting so competitive now that the Premier League, which is a great viewing, but again, if you've got people doing it by by means of you know state-owned clubs and all, all this kind of stuff, it just yeah. it is a little bit frustrating when you know you've you've been you're kind of still run in this self self sustaining way despite foreign ownership and things like that. Yeah. It becomes a little bit frustrating, you know that that that, that they mm-hmm. can just you know just just clubs on steroids financial steroids basically but yes it's definitely frustrating but hopefully that is something we have to worry about more in the f- distant future than the than the, than the near one and we can start yeah. to enjoy and dream a little bit over the yeah. over the next six weeks embrace the now right embrace the now yeah we got we got to enjoy the present with everything we've been through with the arsenal um, not been terrible but obviously wanting to get back to to being the giants that we are and we're we're feeling it a little bit but but Garrett, it's been brilliant to have you on. I'm sorry I kept you so long, but it's been fantastic. Hopefully, we can get you on again during the season to hey, uh, let me know talk about it. Maybe you're maybe you are exactly what we need to just just bring the title back where it belongs. Hey,
1: right? long, long may it last. Then I'll be here as long as I have to. And, <laughs> and it may it may not be at 11 p.m. our time when Neil's up and running around. But I miss talking to him. So maybe one of these days we'll do like a Saturday night one. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Sunday morning for him. But hey, I'll fill in anytime you need me. You're a top man.
0: You're a top man. Once me and you got our kids down to sleep, then we, we might be able to get on and do this a little, a little more regularly on a, on, on a regular basis. Because it's a joy to talk about at the moment. I just, it's it's amazing. I've always talked about lots of negative things. I've got nothing negative to say really. There's there's no negative. Yeah, ice. the negative. The negatives are like, oh, God, I wonder what we ate that was wrong that gave us ah. a stomach bug. You know, it's fantastic. So when yeah. you've got stuff like that, you know you know things are going well. And it, and it's not that often that happens at a club, at any club, to be honest. So, mm-hmm. yep. hopefully um, next six weeks, City are more worried about us than we are then. That's what I'm hoping for. So. Yeah.
1: Sorry about my camera. Anyone that watches on YouTube here, I've just been flickering left and right. No, now. it's all right. But your difficulty.
0: sound's perfect, which is usually what they usually complain about. So all the people about. want. It's all the people want. They'll love hearing your um, your strong your strong voice behind it, so I like it. But Garrett, it's been a pleasure, mate. Um, keep it Arsenal up the Arsenal, and stop the calling right here. And hopefully, this will be uploaded tomorrow. Find us on all the usual outlets, guys, and we'll be back soon.